Hello and welcome to the latest podcast from The Lancet. It's April the 5th and my name's Francesca Toey. Today we're discussing a new article from the Global Burden of Disease Working Group who provide worldwide observational epidemiological data at global, national and regional levels. This latest study focuses on the smoking prevalence and the attributable disease burden from 1990 to 2015. And joining me is the senior author of the paper, Dr. Emanuela Gakidu, from the Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation in Seattle, USA. Welcome. Thank you very much. So to start, previous Global Burden of Disease, or GBD, studies have included smoking prevalence. How does yours differ from these? Yes, it is true. All the previous GBD studies going back to the original one published in 1996 have included smoking because it is one of the leading risk factors. There are several improvements and advancements that the 2015 study has made. One of the main areas in which this study is better over previous studies is that we have included larger number of data sources. So the number of data sources has increased by almost 40% over the previous study that was published in 2013. In this study that was just published today, we have almost 3,000 country years of data. And having more data significantly improves our estimation and makes all of our numbers much more current and up-to-date. We have also made improvements in the analytical methods. In this paper, in addition to publishing on smoking prevalence, we have conducted new analysis where we look at smoking by levels of sociodemographic index, which is a measure of development. We also look at smoking across birth cohorts, and we decompose the drivers of change over the past decade and we look at what is responsible for the trends we're seeing right now. You completed several analyses of smoking data in your study. Please can you briefly explain what these were and what were your main findings? So in this study we have looked at global, regional and national levels and trends of daily smoking and one of the big findings is that there has been a significant decline of more than 25% in the prevalence of daily smoking among men and women. But in 2015, the prevalence of smoking is still very high, with about one out of every four men smoking daily and about one out of every 20 women. We have also looked at deaths from smoking, and in 2015, we find that 6.4 million deaths, which is approximately 11% of all global deaths, so more than 1 in 10 deaths, were attributable to smoking. And half of those deaths occurred in only four countries. So China, India, the U.S., and Russia are responsible for half of the smoking deaths in the world in 2015. We have found that Progress in reducing daily smoking has been heterogeneous, and while there have been some successes, there's still a long way to go. In this study, we have highlighted the countries with a large smoking population, so we have looked at where do most of the world smokers live. And in this analysis, we found that there are three leading countries in terms of where currently daily smokers are living in the largest numbers, and those are China, Indonesia, and India. In this study, we also provided a new angle by looking at information on daily smoking for adolescents, and we have a special focus on adolescents, specifically 
young people aged 15 to 19 because we wanted to look at what's happening in initiation. That's the age group that a lot of young people pick up smoking. And what we found was that despite global decreases, there are several countries that still have a high prevalence of daily smoking among adolescents. And this might be a good area for policies to target is to prevent initiation from happening. The next part of the analysis looked at patterns of daily smoking across birth cohorts, and we looked at this by level of development. Um, And what we found was that male age patterns were consistent across levels of development, and they peak between ages 25 and 35 years. But the female age patterns varied across levels of development, and they peak around age 25 for high development areas, but they increased steadily until age 60 for low and middle development countries. Finally, we looked at the drivers of change in the tobacco epidemic and the attributable burden due to smoking. And in terms of drivers of change, we looked at the daily smoking prevalence rates, the risk-deleted daily rate, which is an analysis that looks at what would happen to burden of disease if there was no smoking. We looked at population growth and population aging. And while the drivers of change vary by sex and by level of development, population growth and population aging have offset reductions in smoking attributable valleys that have occurred due to reductions in smoking prevalence. So what this means is that these demographic forces with the population getting older and growing, they're poised to increase the burden of disease due to smoking globally, unless there's more progress in combating the smoking epidemic. How do you see your findings building on the global strategies that already exist to help reduce smoking and combat its negative health effects, such as WHO's Framework Convention on Tobacco Control and their 25 by 25 non-communicable disease target? IHME is only one of several global partners working on tobacco to combat the tobacco epidemic, and all of us are working together to achieve the same thing. We're hoping to eliminate death and disease burdens caused by tobacco use. We hope that the results of our study can be used as an evaluation tool to see how well countries are doing in reducing the habit of daily smoking and where more could be done, which countries have achieved significant reductions and what has worked in those countries and how could other countries adopt these strategies so that more successes can be achieved globally. Clearly, the results of the GBD study are just the starting point and a lot more work needs to be done, but they can be used to measure progress by countries before and after the Framework Convention for Tobacco Control, SBDC, was entered into force. And in fact, there was a paper published a couple of weeks ago, on March 21st, by Gravely and colleagues in Lancet Public Health Online, which showed an association between implementation of the FCTC and a decline in smoking prevalence. So we see our work in this as part of a larger effort, working together with the WHO and other partners. At IHME, we develop and we apply cutting-edge analytics and models to examining multiple sources of data and provide the clearest picture of the tobacco epidemic that is supported by the data. And we see this as a critical contribution to the global effort to adequately and accurately monitor smoking levels and trends. 
And finally, you state that one of the limitations of your study was that you only included smoking tobacco and didn't include smokeless tobacco or e-cigarettes. Are these products that you would include in future studies, especially because of the popularity of the e-cigarettes, or are there restrictions depending on the databases that you use? Yes, it is definitely a limitation of our study that in the GBD 2015, we have included smoking tobacco only, and we have only looked at daily smokers because it is an important measure of tobacco use, and it is the risk factor that contributes the most to death and disease. That said, the tobacco epidemic is very complex. Some people only smoke occasionally, and there's tobacco products that are being used that are not smoked. In future iterations of the global burden of disease, we do intend to include analysis on smokeless tobacco, which is of particular importance in certain parts of the world. Specifically, India comes to mind when thinking about smokeless tobacco and Southeast Asia in general, as well as some countries in Europe like Sweden. And so we hope that in future iterations of the GBD, we'll be able to do a comprehensive analysis of the burden of disease due to smokeless tobacco. E-cigarettes are an emerging force, um, and we do need to fully understand them. It is something that we would consider adding to future iterations of the whole burden of disease study. Our preliminary exploration to date has revealed that very little data are available to do a comprehensive assessment of the burden of e-cigarettes and what their contribution to the health of the populations that use them might be. And so we would encourage data collection efforts to include e-cigarettes So that would be in population surveys and regular monitoring so that we will have the ability to appropriately assess the prevalence of their use and also their contributions to the health of the population. Another part that is important here is uh, secondhand smoke because it is also part of the tobacco epidemic and it does contribute significantly to death and disease. And IHME, with funding from Bloomberg Philanthropies and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, are putting all of our team together and trying to enhance the analysis of the tobacco epidemic, expanded in the sense of including smokeless tobacco, potentially e-cigarettes, and fully capturing the burden of secondhand smoke. So an important part of how we do our work is our collaborator network, and especially for these new areas in which we hope to expand the global burden of disease. We see the GBD collaborator network as a very significant contributor, and we hope that through our extensive network of collaborators and the global tobacco partners, we'll be able to keep all the tobacco analysis up to date, current, and as relevant as it can be. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today about your paper, and thank you all for listening.